0: You want to see something really scary? What is your favorite
1: scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk earth. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright
0: Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we're covering 1982's Visiting Hours.
1: In this hospital, your next visit may be your last. All
0: visitors, please leave the hospital. Hmm?
1: Ah! Dr. Len, Visiting hours so frightening you may never recover. Starring Lee Grant, William Shatner, Linda Pearl.
0: So one year after Halloween two. Not even a full year. Not even a full year, you're right, because it came out October thirtieth, Halloween two and this came out.
1: Sometime in February is when they first started doing premieres of it. Yeah, and it premiered in like in Wichita, Kansas, I think. So, which is, you know, kind of funny considering that the original Halloween had its premiere in Kansas City. I'm not sure where Halloween 2 first premiered, but I'm sure it was probably someplace like that. I just always kind of funny when it's, you know, movies kind of shadow each other like that, you know.
0: Yeah, or like how people have kind of similar ideas. Yeah. And then they come out so close together. Um, this film is set in a hospital. And yeah. we're continuing the hospital horror this month um, with this film. Um, Michael Ironside is in it. A young, girl, Michael Ironside.
1: Surprise, he's the killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Linda Pearl is in it. And she would probably be most recognizable uh, to be Pam's mom from The Office. Yep. Uh, which, when you see her in this film, after, like, that's all I see now. I You see, like, you can see Pam in her. It was a good casting. It was a good casting on yeah. their part for The Office, um, for her to be uh, Pam's mom. And uh, Lee Grant is also in it. And, I mean, we can't forget William Shatner.
1: Yeah. The same year that Star Trek II came out, he was still quite not quite sure if that Star Trek movie was going to be a hit so he had to be in some other things too.
0: Now even though this movie was released in the early 80s, it is drenched in the 70s. I mean, oh, yeah. because really when you enter a new decade, it really does it really doesn't get its own like identity until like the mids. So you start to hit
1: like 84, 85 Yeah, it starts to get going good.
0: So from eighty to eighty two, you're we're still living in the seventies life. Now this film is a Canadian film, yay Canada! And
1: which explains Michael Ironside and William Shatner
0: exactly. Also explains the very unique houses
1: yeah. in this.
0: I, I what I found funny about the housing in this in this movie was. You enter the house, and it's all glass. Like, it's a glass door, and there's windows, like, adjacent, like, by the door. And then you're, like, in a little entry area. And then you walk forward, and there's another glass door (laughs) to get into the house. And one would think it's like all oh, the foyer, or it's, um, you know, uh, the entry area where you would take. There's a certain name, I forgot the name of it, when you were like, put your like snow boots and shit uh, like that. A mud room. A mud room, right? But this is not a mud room. It's literally like enough, maybe like three people would be able to fit in the first area, you know, of coming into the house. And it was like person coming in opening door after door it was like a fucking puzzle and then the house was like backwards it was like oh you entered but there was like the kitchen on the side but it looked like it was in the back of the house the layout is just very unique and a lot of indoor outdoor i mean not indoor outdoor a jack and jill jack and jill setup um And not only Jack and Joe, like every other door, led to another room. Yeah. Um, So, which plays well in this kind of scenario, because when you have a killer on the loose, you know, and they're breaking into houses, it's probably best to have that kind of a house, because if you go into a bedroom and that's it, there's nothing but window and a closet, your ass is dead, like unless you're throwing yourself out the window, (laughs) But if you have a fucking Jack and Jill, oh, you go into the bedroom, you go to the bathroom, that leads into the next bedroom, that leads down into the fucking hallway, and you get to escape. So that made it a little more convenient for the people that are trying to, yeah, for Lee Grant for sure. Now this movie, um, we have a misogynistic, like, racist. Racist. I mean, everything you can think of. And this man just hated
1: everything. Every kind of ism. He's got sexism, racism. He, he's got it all. And, you know, it's kind of like today. He's a, you know, racist, misogynist asshole who doesn't like a TV reporter that's reporting on a rape case. And, you know, the other reporters obviously taking the side of the woman and pointing out, like, all the, like, flaws and the, like, you know... In the, the case. In the case and, and yeah. all this. And that there's going to be a new lawyer appointed and all this. And he doesn't like that at all.
0: And not only that, on to top the cherry on, on top of that is this reporter is also known to have a, a strong opinion on violence overall. And how um, women should be able to defend themselves. But people in general, no matter who they are, should be able to defend themselves. Um Via like violent act because the whole thing was like she was uh, she's even questioned about it after she's attacked about how did she feel about being attacked and you know on her stance of like how she doesn't perpetuate violence but obviously she had you know she has to defend herself so to fight back yeah
1: so because that's what it was i said rape. it was like the woman i think she had been raped and then she had killed her husband yes in yes. self-defense that's what it was I'm yeah sorry. it was one of those one of those doozies yeah and of course they were like well you know she didn't he didn't really deserve it she she just is an evil woman yeah just, kill, just being a man killer and a man hater yeah and then it was the still the late 70s so that was a hard case to to win i'm sure Which I'm like, well, you know what, let's not... Yeah. (laughs) So Lee Grant is the the reporter that's causing all these waves by, you know, sticking up for women's rights and wanting them to have rights and be treated like people. That's a controversial statement for the 70s and early 80s.
0: And just people in general. I do want to... I do really want to um, press upon that because there is one part in the movie where she is having a discussion... And she does state... It's not only a woman thing. It's a people thing. People should treat one another kindly and just respect one another and treat one another as human beings. Because that's that was her, like, big thing. Um, but in this case, it's very hard to see... Um, What's-his-face's character be a human being? He's yeah, a fucking Ironside. monster. Michael Ironside is a monster. And I don't know if, you know um mr what's his face my favorite more human than human guy if he saw this movie and was like you know what this is exactly what i'm going to redo halloween as rob zombie because he literally went to the books on this one with the psychology 101 why is he misogynistic why is why is he this why is he that because his mom it's his mom the relationship that he saw that he grew up with you know the mom was terrible and she did terrible things and you know it's all her fault and then he becomes a fucking psycho because he has a several different flashbacks of him as a child where his dad who is an
1: asshole who is
0: an asshole and he's trying to at that time that was just like the dad just trying to get you know just trying to be with his wife but, in essentially, it is rape because she doesn't want to have sex. She's just trying to, like, fucking make some pasta or whatever the hell. And he's ripping her clothes off in the damn. You know, he's drunk and being disgusting and trying to, like, have sex with her in the middle of the kitchen. And she she doesn't want to do it. She's fucking tired of his shit. And she fucking throws the boiling-ass hot oil in his fucking face and damages his face. And I, I'm going to assume she just left him. She left her son behind with the psycho and, you know, the dad had to be, we're going to assume, in some kind of care because in the fe- in the present, yeah. he's taking care of his dad in, like, a home. Yeah. And his dad's face is all fucked up. Oh, yeah, you know? his dad's bad looking. So the women hate stems from the hate that he has for his mom, even though, and obviously he's a child, but even though she was defending herself.
1: Yeah. You know, so. Well, that's but, where you have, like, like I said, Lee Grant's the reporter and she's, you know, reporting all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to think about what her name was. Her name was Deborah Balin. I was trying to remember that. And William Shatner is her intrepid producer.
0: Who is sprinkled throughout the film. Now, I don't know if he was filming the Star Trek at the same time as this movie.
1: Probably. I feel like this is one of those things where he came in and filmed all of his scenes in a day, probably. Because most of his stuff is right at the beginning with her. And then later on at the end, he shows up again. He sprinkled a couple of times, and they could have done all that in a f- couple of days. You know? I
0: feel like he's in the movie every twenty to twenty-five minutes. Yeah. He shows up for a couple of minutes, in his and this is where I'm like, it's the '70s, in his corduroy slash. Uh, velvet slash
1: ensembles with the turtlenecks and the fucking brown, like, blazer. Look, I can tell you, almost for a fact, somebody wore that same outfit in one of the Star Trek movies, okay? And it was, like, futuristic clothing in that. But it's just 70s clothes that they thought looked futuristic.
0: Man, well, you know, it, it was it was, like, the professor look but without the like the pads the things on the
1: elbows i love it too whenever you see shatner and things and realize and see him walking around in like a completely blue suit or like there's a Columbo episode where he's in a blue jumpsuit and you're like did they see that and think when they were doing halloween you know if we just put the mask with that that would be perfect i can't well <laughs> He's a perfect killer right here. All we got to do is just dye his hair a little bit. Make him a little paler in the face.
0: So, you know, now that you say that, even though we did mention Halloween 2 at the beginning of the movie, now I'm like, oh, so here was William Shatner walking around a hospital. And then his face happened to be walking around another hospital. So in two <laughs>
1: hospital movies right back to back, really.
0: <laughs> uh, Guest
1: starring... William Shatner's face. (laughs) 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 So, Linda, you know, Deborah Balin, played by Linda Pearl, or I'm sorry, Lee Grant, she does this report, she goes home that night, and she's mad as hell because the housekeeper has not cleaned up she has not done all this she told
0: that housekeeper she wanted all these fucking cups to be put away and all that shit to be cleaned up and when she came home that shit was not
1: done and she was very very unsettled by that so she's going through that this giant house that she has i always love the movies and tv shows where the reporters have giant homes well i'm a tv reporter on a local station i own a 17 bedroom mansion because that was what people thought that all the tv reporters were super rich you know yeah So, that's when she finds Michael Ironside in the house, naked, wearing all her jewelry.
0: Was he naked? He wasn't naked. I think he was wearing like a kimono. Nevertheless. No, no. He
1: came out naked. They were just very careful not to show anything. Mm. Because he had no shirt, no pants. You could see he was naked in a couple of scenes, but they just didn't show anything.
0: And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't recall that. At all, I do remember him wearing some pearl earrings, and he is wearing jewelry.
1: Which he had it all. He had all and all of her necklaces. Yeah, he had earrings, a nose. He clipped a like an earring in his nose. He did everything. Yeah, that part of the film bothered me. And, like, uh, and what was that about?
0: And for those of <laughs> you, if you are would watch this film, you may or may not be triggered by that. That what bothered me about that is this is the first time we're seeing the character, right? Um, well, not the first time, actually. We do see him, like, get ready, right? Yeah,
1: he's kind of going over there, and you get the idea that, like, okay, this guy's going over there, to do, But you don't know exactly what the hell he's going to do.
0: Then he's going to pop up in all this woman's jewelry. And I'm, and he, we never see him again in woman's clothing or jewelry for the rest of the yeah, movie.
1: why did he do that?
0: I don't know. For me, personally, I think that maybe they were trying to insinuate that he wasn't well in the head right off, and because how could a man want to be dressed as a woman? Obviously, he has to be insane, which that I do have an issue with. I understand, obviously, this is 1982. Let's say it was filmed in 1981. So, of course, that is a thought that most of the world had at that time. Um, But it, it was just so out of place for the film because we never go into that ever again he never displays any kind of that he doesn't do that ever again now he does
1: wear an interesting shirt later yeah, i've never seen the leather zip-up tank top on anyone before
0: yeah i don't know what that was about that was another like like i don't even know i i the outfit was very very interesting to uh, to say the least they had him some very interesting outfits. And I want to say, like, was he uncomfortable in these outfits? Because they were very form-fitting. And he is not... He was not... Uh, he did not seem like a guy that would be wearing form-fitting clothes. He yeah, did not have the physique for this. He's and, not a super
1: in shape kind of guy. No,
0: he's a, he's a normal dude. He's just a normal guy. From the 80s, you know. Like, ah, Okay. That was a very interesting choice for him. And also, I need to know, where did he buy that? Where did he go to buy this shirt? Because that's not a shirt that you would find in, like, the Five and Dime. Yeah, that's
1: not off the rack in 1980. No,
0: that's, like, a specific... Like, he went to, like, a bondage store.
1: (laughs) Do they have bondage stores in Canada? They
0: sure do.
1: I'm guessing they
0: do. (laughs) So, yes... He's uh, running around the
1: streets um, with his very unique outfits. He attacks her, but, you know, of course it's 1980, so he's had the foresight to cut all the landlines. That way she can't call for help. Uh, But she manages to yell for help to her neighbors who actually come over and help her. And she gets, you know, he doesn't get a chance to kill her. So the rest of the movie is spent with him trying to sneak into the hospital to get a chance to kill her. So well, let me tell you, <sighs> they have some fucking inept security at this hospital. First of
0: all, everyone should be fired. And the whole, not even the whole county, the whole police, all the police departments within that county defunded immediately. Be- and, and not only Defund that. Defund them
1: and rehire some cops who know. So, okay, so you're a woman who's just been assaulted in your home. Do we put a guard on your door? Nah, it's fine. Just the regular hospital security will be fine. No,
0: because no one even locked the door. The doors were still unlocked. There's a time people not even locked their doors at that time, especially in Canada. Like, that was like, oh, willy-nilly. Like...
1: Yeah, it's just crazy. They were the worst.
0: And I actually, now that I say that, I take that back because the woman in the film did lock the door after... Remember, I just said at the beginning that all they did was... (laughs) open one door to yeah.
1: get into another door. That's right. She didn't And have they doors did lock locked. the doors. Michael Ironside just happened to come in through the window that she may have or may or may not have left open to let her parrot breathe.
0: Michael Ironside was getting in. Let me tell you. One, he went into the wrong like being a psycho slasher just what a waste because he was so fucking determined. I mean, man, I've never seen someone that wasn't a complete psycho like michael like just there's no there's not even a person in that body right he's just walking soulless fucking monster this was a calculating very intelligent like the shit that he was able to pull security wise he found where the tunnel connected to the hospital he knew where the damn freaking laundry area was and that's how he was able to steal the uniforms for the emts and the doctors i mean he did all kinds of crazy shit and and he was a florist at one point
1: yeah like bringing in the flowers her, and they're just like oh yeah so where is the woman that's, that someone just tried to kill her oh she's on floor nine room 31 going up there flower guy yeah who looks fucking scary I mean, Okay, first of all,
0: I'm telling yes, if Michael Ironsides come, I don't care if he had fucking an orchid, okay? I don't care what kind of flowers he's holding. Yes. He's coming towards me. Carrying flowers? I'm going to be afraid. And he's looking for the woman that was just, like, assaulted? Um, no, bitch. We're going to have the police come down and bring these flowers up for her. Yeah, like, you stay gonna here. To, we're
1: going to need to talk to you for a minute, sir. Yeah. We need you to step over here. Yeah, that'd be the only other thing that would be scarier would be what Michael Berryman bringing you flowers.
0: Michael Berryman. Or Michael Berryman wearing Michael Ironside's leather vest shirt. <laughs> it
1: bring it in
0: okay, me. that would be fucking horrifying. No <laughs> offense to Michael Berryman. But yes, that would be very scary. Um,
1: yeah, and my other favorite part of this movie is where later on the police know it's Michael Ironside. They're coming to his house. So what does Michael Ironside do? He deliberately injures his arm and calls an ambulance to come pick him up, and take him to the hospital. Because that's the
0: best way to get into the hospital is to be fucking injured. And oh, don't forget that he also pumped a whole bunch of crazy pills, which we're assuming were pain pills to pain, help with the pain. Because I thought he was to uh, get his like stomach pumped. He was trying to kill himself or trying to make himself sick to get into. The hospital. No, they but... just took
1: a whole handful of whatever the hell kind of. Because this was back before the Tylenol murders, so you still have capsules full of things. So he took a whole handful of capsules and then just smashes the beer bottle. And rubs his arm around in it. Trigger, trigger alert, trigger. And man, that was a gnarly effect on his arm with all the broken glass on it. They did a great job on that.
0: If you have that weird, like, what is it? Troppo, troppo. Fear of holes. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole fearing thing. Do not look at that scene. I was screaming, okay, because it looks so gnarly and so real It was disgusting. Yeah, it was a
1: great effect.
0: It was. It was an effect. And then
1: he's all fucked up and all this, and then they take him to the hospital and they're like, "You're fine. Here's a bandage. Like just lay down, rest for a little while." And then, of course, he's up immediately, out murdering people again.
0: Yeah, he he sure. You know, there were several.
1: Unfortunately, while you know while she's in the hospital, the nurse taking care of her and doing a great job is Linda Pearl, the one who would eventually play Pam's mom in The Office. She happens to make the mistake of being out on the phone when he's doing one of his murder sprees through the hospital. He overhears her saying, Ugh, this guy's such a fucking psycho. I hope they catch him and throw the book at you. And he's like, oh, do you, bitch? So then he just goes to her house to try and kill her. Because she dared to speak up against him.
0: Yeah. Now, I have to say that... This film felt like it was 4 hours long. It was very long. Now, <laughs> runtime I think is like an hour and 43 minutes or something insane. Yeah, it's not that long of a movie, but it's very it's a very slow-paced movie. It is it's like molasses, but a lot of stuff happens, but it just happens it's an hour and 45 minutes, but yeah. it happens very slowly. That I did not care for. I think that
1: maybe the editing could have been better. The pacing could have been a lot better. There was a lot of things that could have been trimmed down because we didn't necessarily need to see him going through every little machination that he went through to get into the hospital. You know, those scenes could have been shortened a lot.
0: Also, we didn't need to see the multiple scenes of him having his flashbacks with his relationship. There was a weird and I I don't know what was going on there. And I really felt uncomfortable um Because I didn't know where they were going with that, but there's a scene where he's a child and his father is like on top of him, like in the yard, and he's like tickling him and like trying to force him to drink beer, and he ha- kind of has like tackled down, and they're giggling and like uh, it, it was weird. I was like, I don't know, what are they insinuating here? Did the dad like do some nefarious things to his poor child, like? Ugh, what the hell is that about? I don't... We could have done without that because that did not add anything. That just gave me icky feelings. And then, you know, and then the whole, like... Where Michael
1: Ironside picks up the woman at the cafe.
0: Well, see, okay. That part, they could have shortened or just... They could have shortened that whole thing from the moment where he picks her up at the diner because she is very important to... Later on. Later on to the film. Well, this
1: is one of those things where... They could have cut the whole scene where they're like making eyes at each other across the the tables at the diner. Yeah, it could have just started with him bringing her home at the apartment. You know.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Their
1: whole like meat cute. Yeah, the (laughs) meat (laughs) Or, or their meat creep, as it were.
0: So okay, I agree and disagree. That part could have been shortened. the The important thing in that in that scene not only was that you know the whole meat creep was that she see that she's actually in some kind of like gang or she's with other dudes around her that are her friends but they're at that time frame when you look at them they're a little gang like club like group they're, they're up to no good this these people hoodlums. because they're hoodlums there you go that's where i'm looking for because later on the hoodlums ransack his apartment yeah and they play a role in with her in the whole capturing him and identifying him so yes and no but they they could have shortened it they could have like you said the whole googly eyes back and forth we could have cut at least like five to seven minutes from that (laughs) a little bit here a little bit there and like you said the whole his whole thing of how he's getting into the hospital, we didn't need to see every single thing that he came up with. You know, he's not... This is Now, if this was a fucking spy movie, then yes, we need to see, like, oh, how good is this fucking guy being a spy slash assassin? But he wasn't. Um, I like the title of the film.
1: It's got a great poster.
0: It has a great poster. The title of the film, I like it, and I dislike it, because I'm like, okay, well, it... The visiting hours. He was there at a lot of the times where it wasn't visiting hours. <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> don't lie to me and tell me that he's just getting in during the visiting hours. Because we all know that's not true. Um, for those of you who have seen the film. But, nevertheless, the film, it has its issues here and there. But, it was a good watch. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, it's one of those, I'll never see it again, um, ever, Um, but not because it was bad, but like I said, the pacing could have been better and I already know what happens. It's not something I need to revisit and it's not something that I've never seen before. Like I said, I, you know, we, if you've seen any kind of, slasher, you know, there's going to be a place where the, he's going to have to go and terrorize these people, especially if they're stuck in a common place. And there's so many films, like, there's so many other films with hospital horror and all kinds of aspects. I mean, you have The Void, you know, you have some other movies that I can't think of right now, but that was the first one that came into my mind. Oh, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Um, Yeah, that movie's fucking nuts. But, uh, oh, Hellraiser 2. Yeah. Ugh, how, That's see hospital horror that's the hospital horror like i'm going to Ooh, some other yeah that creepy place. ass fucking whatever dimension and there's that scene not to take away from visiting hours but we probably never did we cover um hellraiser 2 no okay that scene where the doctor has been altered in this creepy dimension where he has like the hand on top of his head and he's like floating because he's yeah. a creepy doctor like he's what's-her-face's boyfriend or whatever horrifying like that shit gave me fucking nightmares to so this I like, it's it's creepy as hell i don't like doctors
1: <laughs> much less hell doctors
0: hell doctors that are gonna fucking do weird like shit to me no thank you okay let's burn the fucking box and smash it to fucking bits because i'm not going back in there like fuck that um i give this film 2.5 knives
1: yeah i was gonna say i'd give it two and a half knives too it's good this is the one i think that i think we mentioned this when we were watching it this would be one that would be prime for a remake oh for sure yes i yes especially with you know The political climate today of everybody, you know, attacking people for their crazy view, you know. Yes. Like, oh, I've got a crazy view and you need to represent flat earth people. So you didn't represent the flat earthers. I'm going to, you know, craziness. Now, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but this movie was written by a guy named Brian Taggart, who has written some other horror movies of note uh, that you would have heard of. Like, he wrote Poltergeist 3. He wrote the Of Unknown Origin, which is my favorite Peter Weller versus a giant rat movie. Mm. There's only one movie in that genre, but it's still my favorite. Um, He also wrote for a lot of TV shows, and he wrote um, The Omen Part 4, the one for the the made-for-TV movie. When they were like, maybe we can make this into a TV show. Turns out you can't. I... P.S., they forgot to tell the people in the late 2000s about that, too, because they tried that again.
0: Yeah, I don't... I never saw that, and I got real confused, and I'm going to have to do, a like, minimal research about the whole Omen thing, because, man, I could have freaking sworn the whole, like, Sam Neill Omen thing was more than just one movie. No, I just the one. I thought there were multiple, like, the rise of him being president, like man but the movie's so good though I really enjoy that movie but um yeah i I had more more like sequels in my mind where're dealing with just the sam Neil um the grown up Damien but uh poltergeist Street, man I know a lot of people hate that movie and I don't I have
1: seen it lot so of many great, times like, in camera effects done in that movie
0: so many and you know it's a uh, a lot of flack you know getting in unfortunately you know you have Heather work that did not make it throughout the whole movie um she passed away like halfway so yeah she, that
1: so that that's unfortunate and that's why they had to re-edit a lot of things and make it why it seems a little weird
0: yeah but the story I I, I like the story so yes kudos I to him an
1: interview with the director that Poltergeist 3 where they said he didn't want to finish it he just wanted to you know just let it go but they told him either you're going to finish it or somebody else is what do you want to do and he was like well i guess if it has to be finished i'll be the one to finish it
0: yeah how like i don't know that's
1: just weird that would suck to have to go be forced to do that when you just don't want to
0: yeah, that, but then it's like, you don't want someone else to do it either, especially you put all the work into it, and it's just like, I guess the whole thing would like, so, you have this cults person, right, that got into the, the, whatever, spirit world, and he's trying to bring back all his disciples or whatever, and she's like, a you know, one of the souls, and he's trying to regain her, but then in reality, like, this illness is trying to make her into a, like a spirit again, like a soul just floating around. I don't know. The whole the whole thing is just sad and terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then and then that's like her last movie, you know. Like,
1: oh, yeah. so it just sucks all I'm around. Just, uh, so many people from that movie died. That just even the guy that played Reverend Kane died before the third movie came out. They had to recast him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that and that's why like when people are like oh he looks so scary in poltergeist too it was like yeah well he was dying of cancer so that wasn't like special effects makeup like um that, that, that was just that, how that was looked. just how he looked because when he comes from the rain and he's singing this creepy song like the song obviously adds to it and then he had this whole outfit God. but i mean jeez <laughs> <laughs> louise the 80s man that's what you am gonna say the 80s Some iconic
1: villains in the 80s man. crazy
0: times um yeah so, yeah, he, he wrote those, huh? That's yeah. interesting. I need to see this Omen 4 movie because made for TV movie. We need to, because I'm sure that's, I'm
1: curious to see what. Well, this time Damien's a girl.
0: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously it has to be a girl now at this point, right? Like you already had a boy, all these things.
1: Is her name Damiana?
0: Is it Diana?
1: I think it's Delilah or Delile. Like a little bit like Belial, but it's Delial. Oh,
0: no, no, they didn't do that. Yeah, no. That. <laughs> of
1: course
0: they did that. Well, this wraps up our discussion about visiting hours. Thank you for visiting our podcast. Hey. <laughs> next month is who knows what's going to happen next month because it is my birthday month. Woo, 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 woo. I think I'll choose, maybe I'll be weird and choose two movies that I despise and then rip them a new <laughs> asshole. That's worth that's,
1: <laughs> I'm not going to choose movies I love. I'm just going to choose movies I fucking hate. Um, or you should just choose movies you've never seen you finally get around to it on your birthday month.
0: I, I mean, that doesn't seem as fun, though. I feel <laughs> like. That seems like more work on my part. I'm trying to relax. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a surprise for everyone involved. Thank you so much for joining us with for another episode of Jump Scare, the horror podcast. Stay tuned to the horror.
1: And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment.